Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article and we talk about what we find. Dan, what are we talking about this week? This week, Simon, we are talking about Romance of the Western Chamber. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Now this is exciting. I briefly scanned it when I, when when this appeared, and I don't think we've had anything like this in in all of our back catalogue. Okay, that's quite an extensive back catalogue. We've covered a fair chunk of human existence. We have. So I think it's safe missed? to say statistically we've covered most of Wikipedia. Yes, I think <laughs> I think after seventy three episodes, we've, yeah. we've pretty much got it nailed now. Actually, um, okay. But what have we missed? You say that well, we've missed something. Romance of the Western Chamber, also translated as the story of the Western Wing, the West Chamber, Romance of the Western Bower. It's the West Bower. Wing. It's a yes. TV series. And similar titles is one of the most famous Chinese dramatic works. Mm. It was written by the Yuan Dynasty playwright Wang Shifu uh, and set during the Tang Dynasty. Uh, known as China's most popular love comedy, it is the story of a young couple consummating their love without parental approval, and has been and has been seen as both a lover's bible and potentially lethal, as readers were in danger of pining away under its influence. Wow. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you're right. I don't think we've ever had anything quite like this before. Because there is, no. there is such a um, when we think of classic you know, like great monumental works of literature. We only ever seem to think of stuff in English with the occasional exception for something like Goethe or the Epic of Gilgamesh, maybe. Beowulf. Or, or Be- well, yeah, you know, it's, the, it's all very like, Western-centric. Yeah, ancient, like classic, you know, antiquity Yeah, or, or Mediterranean classics. Yeah. But there's, I know that there is such a vast repository of stories from China and also from Japan. I think those are a little bit later, um Mm. that i just i know that are there but i have no clue what they are and so so second you said this was yuan tang dynasty um it was written by the yuan dynasty playwright wang shifu but the play is set during the tan dynasty yeah okay so when was the one yuan dynasty well uh the yuan was the empire it was oh golly Hang on, it's not giving me a... You're Hugh Granting, Dan. I need you to stay on for, on stay on target. <laughs> I think I can say safely 1271 to 1368. Okay, so this is then roughly... Um, what's an equivalent? It's that sort of Canterbury Tales, I suppose. It'd be the a Western rough equivalent. Yeah. So, okay, okay right. So, and, and this is part of an, an oeuvre of, of stories from from the, the mysterious east do, do you mm. think they refer to us as the mysterious west i, from, I feel like i don't think they'd be as polite as using the word mysterious <laughs> well yeah but that's also like a form of um fetishism isn't it it's like yeah. um the, the orient is this new inferior but recently discovered place in the, in the age of empire we could sell them opium and all that kind of stuff mm. um it's a very different dynamic i suppose um okay right so um give me the so give me the skinny then you said this was about lovers who run off to consummate their love without parental approval yeah so what i'll do is i'll i'll that the play has 21 acts oh and God. each of those acts go spans five parts okay so Dan, broadly, I, I, i'll be honest with you i've had a very long day as it is <laughs> That's i'm not, not going to go through every act don't worry but i can okay. give you the titles of each of the five acts right so we begin play one Burning incense and worshiping the moon. Play two. Right. Chat. Sh- get back. Icy strings. Sp- spell out grief. Play three. Feelings transmitted by lines of poetry. Play four. A clandestine meeting of rain and clouds. And play five. A reunion ordained by heaven. So is this far? Is it like the Ring Cycle, where it's like five works performed separately, or is it one? Are these small parts, I guess? I think they're small parts. Okay. So it's 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 like a Shakespearean play being divided. Yeah, when it's it. when it says the play has twenty one acts in five parts, I think you could almost translate that to twenty one scenes in five acts. Yeah. Okay. From if we were to look at if we were to put kind of a more Eurocentric Western idea of it. Mm. Um 
It tells the story of a secret love affair between Zhang Sheng, a young scholar, and Xu Yingying, the daughter of a chief minister of the Tang court. Uh, they meet in a Buddhist monastery. Um, uh, Yingying and her mother... Um, that's interesting, Yingying. I wonder why... You know, you know Gilbert and Sullivan? Yes. Their play, The Mikado... Yes. ...has a female lead... Yes. What's the female lead called? Because if this is a really well-known piece of yes. theatre, I wonder if they... Hang on, hang on. Hang on I'm hang googling on. as well. It's a Mikado. Because we, we, we know people that have put on a production of the Mikado, uh, in, including someone on this very call. This yum-yum. Nanki-poo, piti-shing, pim-tush, peep-bo, poo-bar, coco, katisha, the Mikado, yum-yum, goto. I am, it mustn't be a coincidence that yum yum and ying ying, right? I'm not. Well, I having what you be... mean just to just having repeated names? Yeah, it must be. It must be referencing because this is the, for, by all to all intents and purposes this is a really really well known. Yeah, it's one of the most famous Chinese dramatic works. Um, the Wikipedia page goes on to depict as a photo here of an ivory fan depicting scenes from the story of the Western Wing in the Asian Art Museum of San Francisco. So it's a it's a big it's a big source deal. of art in its own right. Huh. So w- what we were talking about was reduplication, the process in which a root or stem of a word or part of it is repeated. Mm. Um, the process of anthropo- anthroponymy or naming people is frequently creative and provides examples of this. Um, there's some interesting kind of particular examples like Arabs or others who use Arab naming structure do not have a family name but take their father's name as their last name. So you can get people like, you know, Mohammed Mohammed, or I suppose there's like the Western version would be like um, Magnus Magnuson. Mm. So maybe it's a similar kind of thing here where it's like, you know, yeah, taking a pre- previous name. Oh God, one of the examples they give is Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> Golly. From such lofty heights, and now we suddenly descend. Yes. Um, yeah, so I was saying, so Ying Ying and her mother stop uh, to rest at a Buddhist monastery. She fall, um, Zhang Sheng sees Ying Ying, falls in love with her immediate, immediately, but is prevented from expressing his feelings while Ying Ying is under her mother's watchful eye. The most he can do is express his love in a poem. God, imagine if you were so lame as to express your love in a poem, Simon. God, Dan, I can't possibly imagine that. I know, it'd be weird, wouldn't it? I certainly wouldn't <laughs> want to be friends with him. Bloody hell. Um, oh dear. Uh, allowed behind the wall of a courtyard in which Ying Ying is lodging. However, word of Ying Ying's beauty soon reaches, and now this is the best name for a villain ever. Sun right. the Flying Tiger. Oh. Oh, Sun the Flying Tiger. I thought I Damn, was expecting son, something the flying like tiger. Did something Wong or something, but you it's oh. actually like a cool name. It's actually a cool name, yeah. Nice. Um, he dispatches ruffians to surround the monastery in the hopes of taking her as his consort. Ying Ying's mother agrees that whoever drives the bandits away can have Ying Ying's hand in marriage. So Zhang so Zhang Shen contacts his childhood friend his childhood friend General Du, who is stationed <laughs> not far <laughs> far away. That's handy. Um, oh, all the time when I was kids, I couldn't remember playing down road and being like, General, come down here. <laughs> Give us ball. The general subdues the bandits, um, and it seems that Zhang Sheng and Ying Ying are set to be married. However, Ying Ying's mother begins to regret her rash promise and takes back her word with the excuse that Ying Ying is already betrothed to the son of another high official of the court. The young lovers are greatly disappointed bless them, and begin to pine away with their unfulfilled love. Fortunately, Ying Ying's maid, it's always the bloody maid, It's always it? the maid! Oh, takes pity on them and ingeniously arranges to bring them together in a secret union. When Ying Ying's mother discovers what her daughter has done, she reluctantly consents to a formal marriage on one condition. Zhang must travel to the capital and pass the civil service examination. <laughs> to the joy of the young lovers, Zhang Sheng proves to be a brilliant scholar and is appointed to high office. The story thus ends on a happy note and the two are finally married. See, it's almost, it's like a, it's like a Gilbert and Sullivan in that the plot is resolved in the last five minutes of the story. Yeah. And you can just imagine it being like delivered as like an onstage monologue. I mean, like, and and Jing Ying went to the capital and did so well at his exams that he comes back on stage with like the graduation cap and gown and like a a scroll and, you know, like, and a a letter from his employer, the government. Hmm. Wow. That's brilliant. Like, I, I let you marry my daughter under one condition, that you go and do your driving test. <laughs> Crazy. So that is the romance of the Western Chamber, an icon, as I'm sure you will agree. Mm. 
Wow. Have you have you read anything from uh, for that kind of from I, I'm going to group everything together in a very crass way, but like from kind of great Asian literature? Because I don't think well, I have. No, I haven't read a great deal. I remember I've leafed through The Art of War several times, but I did mm. study um, No Theatre, and that's N-O-H Theatre, um, which is um, a Japanese form of, of like dance theatre. Okay. Um, and it's it's dates back to the 14th century. But that's really interesting because there's a specific... No Theatre can only be performed on a specific stage, Um and the stage is fascinating because under um, they they under the floor of the stage um, there are great um, vessels like large um, large bowls I guess um, mm. and they're they're placed in the floor and then concrete or whatever is poured around them so the effect of walking across them creates a specific sound. Um, huh. It's really it's really interesting, um, and it's yeah it's I I studied that in my. Uh, IB theatre, one of my assessments, I think. But it's very, very interesting. Yeah, um, wow. But otherwise, I don't know a great... De- oh, and then there's, there's, all, there's Kabuki, of course. Do you, yeah. Do you know Kabuki? Yes, Kabuki actors, which are... Well, because I know them through um, uh, Ukiyo-e, like from the Woodblock prints that I'm quite into. And I now mm. have a copy of The Great Wave uh, as printed by uh, David Bull uh behind me in my office um so i know them from that i just know that it is like it's it's almost like what's the name of the italian form of theater where you have um is it the divine comedy where you have like certain set roles like the joker or yeah uh, yeah yeah that's well there's the italian that's commedia dell'arte commedia dell'arte that's it yeah um i've also just thinking um vietnamese water puppetry have you ever come across that you made that up i refuse to believe that that is a thing not only is it a thing, I've seen it in Hanoi. Wow. Yeah, so when you say, I, I've seen it in Hanoi, it makes it sound like I've seen it in situ. Like, yeah. what is it? in Hanoi, it just sounds like I saw it, but I was quite cross whilst it was happening. So I didn't really it, take it in. It's an amazing thing. It's it's um, water puppetry, or in Vietnamese, it's mua roi nuro, um, which literally translates to making puppets dance on water. And it's a, tra- a tradition that dates back as far as the 11th century when it originated in the villages of the Red River Delta uh, in northern Vietnam. And I, yeah, I, I went I went on a, a big trip with, with my school in year nine. And we, we did a few weeks away in Vietnam volunteering and, go, and going up and down the country. It was amazing. And one of the things we saw was um, some water puppet theatre. Wow. Because I, oh. I know that there's... Um... Is it in Thailand that there's like shadow puppet theatre as well? Because it was it was a, it was an analogy yeah, that, that right. my um, one of my supervisors liked to make about how like atmospheric models aren't necessarily representative of what's happening in the atmosphere, but in the same way that a shadow puppet doesn't look like the creature it's trying to emulate, but its mm. shadow when when you shine a light through it in the right direction does, and that's the point. Um, yes. you know, it's the end result that's the important thing. But you know, it's you know there must be you know, because why is it that there's so many interesting creative ways of doing dramatic arts and telling stories visually that we seem to hear about from Asia? But I, off the top of my head, I can't think of that many from Western Europe. And I know way more about like the way that performing arts works in Western Europe than I do in mm. Asia. So does that indicate mm. that there's just they approach it in a different way? Well, I suppose. That's interesting, isn't it? I think there's probably a quite plausible um, academic explanation for it in that when literature in its earliest forms began to properly take shape in like criticism proper, it was mm. mid to late Republic, Roman Republic, where, where texts were coming out that were specifically like label they 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 made they gave themselves the name literary criticism there are arguments that you can make that the likes of you know homer ovid and these these great kind of um icons you know that the the equivalence of their shakespeare that was also writing um criticism but in a more subjective form um in that the in in that the, the narratives uh, that he was writing have a wider point and thereby counters criticism but if we're thinking mm. of criticism proper it's mid to late republic um, and it's it's very few of those texts survive, and they're often critiquing um, theatre that hadn't been performed for for a long time. So al- already back in in antiquity, 
um, there was a tradition being formed of putting things on paper first and looking it and looking back. So I wonder if that carrying through because it goes right the way through to you know monks transcribing what these ancient critics wrote. So there's always been a, a focus on a written tradition before mm. the kind of the, the the actual performance of it um, goes. I mean, how how often do you hear you know you, the clouds or the frogs or you know such iconic famous plays um with you know the likes of aristophanes and whatever um you mm. you rarely see them performed in fact it's usually only university classic societies that actually put them on yeah um, otherwise yeah. they're their texts to be read and without the performance especially if you're adhering to the the kind of the performative um rules and and stipulations that they would have done um, it's a really interesting thing, especially I did a I had a whole series of lectures on the music that associ- that was associated with these these ancient plays, um, and it's fascinating because it's a whole soundscape that you don't hear anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a it's a totally it's really interesting art form. But I guess I, I because think... everything's been written down, that's why we've got more of a written focus, and we haven't you know we we can't recall um, these ancient texts as well as I think as Asian cultures can. But uh, yeah. Yes, because you know there's a there's a, a longer written tradition, isn't there? And it's and also, but also, yeah, there wasn't a renaissance. I well, I, as far as I know, in mm. for example, like traditional Chinese society, I know that China like broke into republics and came back together. Like, so it was like Ross and Rachel. It happened so many times, mm. but um, there didn't. As far as I'm aware, there wasn't like a period of several centuries where you know the previous sophistication seemed to have been lost or though is that actually just a western false narrative about our own history that you know between rome and the renaissance you know makes sense if it would be wouldn't i I don't know i don't know enough about the art culture of of ancient asia to Mm. to confidently say how different (laughs) or or not it was to our i think we may be out of our depth here dan (laughs) do you know it's alarming we're we're almost we're almost 17 minutes into this and it's been sickeningly highbrow already (laughs) i don't know what's going on this this lockdown is really doing something we're meant to be producing high quality non-content not something that's close to quality and content yeah, God, sorry. Uh, we apologise for this uh, disturbance in our uh, service. Normal service will now be resumed. Um, yeah. How, what have you been up to, Simon? How, what, so what so today, doing? for the past three hours, I've been on my Twitch stream, which is twitch.tv forward slash Simon Clark, um, and I've been painting Warhammer. Um, so I'm just going to reach for it now. I've uh, been painting specifically a Mordor Orc Shaman, or Shaman, um, and experimenting with some contrast did you call it, paint. Isn't, did you call it Anna? <laughs> very good uh, that's an Exeter reference for people that don't know who that is um, and he looks rather fetching I'm very, I'm pretty happy with him um, he's unfinished uh, because I spent a fair chunk of the stream basically just showing off my models because it's the first time I've done a painting stream and I was like I'm just so excited um, so yeah so I'm going to do this I think every week now I'm going to be painting on stream and just kind of chatting bollocks but it was lovely um, I hadn't painted for quite a while and it's such a nice calm meditative thing that even though I was on stream for three hours which is kind of tiring you know you're basically performing for that time but nowhere near as tiring as it normally would be because it, I was doing something that i really like doing mm. um so yeah no i've been doing that and then this morning i was editing this week i've been doing a lot of editing and filming um and yeah and also getting back on the piano i've actually because pixel guy and i have a piano in my office so i've been trying on my to-do list every day i've, I've built it into the template that i uh do piano practice every day and um i've been really enjoying it it's been nice to just make music again especially been yeah. quite a long time but, um, Fantastic. I you? tried incidentally. Have... I tried. I tried to order um, one of the kind of starter kits, um, re Warhammer specifically. So these new um, Age of Sigmar. Uh, oh yeah, sets. yeah, yeah. And they're just selling out. They're they're selling like hotcakes. They're really hard yeah, to get hold of. People want the uh, the project, don't they? They want something yeah. to do in lockdown. So I'm keeping an eye on it and seeing when I can next order them because um, I do want to get back into it. I was going through the shed the other day actually and found my old, my old Warhammer, you know, um, traveling like briefcase. This big chunky yeah, yeah. Thing that has all my old models and paints and brushes and everything. And <laughs> um, it was really fun. So, but but you have um, you've been doing some music making of your own, have you not? I have, I have indeed. Um, there is a. A new marvellous forward-thinking initiative um, set out by the Dean and Chapter of Exeter Cathedral um, because they suddenly realised that of all the 
liturgical staff and lay staff, so lay vicars and choral scholars that normally provide music to supplement um, worship, um, it's only really the choral scholars who are in a position legally where they can continue to contribute to the worship of the building without breaking breaking the law. Um, yeah. Because everyone, bar the scholars, have been furloughed, um, they're, no, they're not allowed to do their job and their job is to sing and and support music so that for, for the lay vicars for instance that puts them in a bit of a sticky spot however the choral scholars um are able to continue doing that because we're funded from a, 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 a trust so it's it's separate um so what we're doing and we're trialing this week is every evening um monday through to saturday a different choral scholar has been live streaming or recording and uploading the evening service of compline from their homes and it's being broadcast on the cathedral's facebook page so people could have a service every day still and then um the sunday morning service is left to um members of uh, of chapter um to the, to the professionals really so mine goes out i think well it goes out at 8 30 on at time of recording it's currently friday um it's going out at 8 30 tonight um so if anyone wants to have a look at it um you can go onto the extra cathedral facebook page and you should see a thumbnail with me standing near a window and then I do a lot of singing and praying and it's quite nice it's I a really interesting well. idea I, I think it's I think it's a fantastic use of technology um, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see how many churches actually who in actually quite a funny way I think quite a lot of churches have been quite forward-thinking in terms of using technology like mm. live streaming stuff but I felt like this has reforced people into doing it more basically um yeah. so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how persistent that is really um yeah no well i mean was was hang on you said this was a fantastic forward-thinking initiative was this your idea no it wasn't my idea i think yes I mean, it was, was your idea okay no it, no 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 we we had the we, we've had the scholars and the canon presenter have been having meetings more or less at least once a week and we were talking about what potential ideas would be. And as, and as part of these kind of roundtable discussions, we had the ideas of, well, can we live stream things? And James Mustard, the canon presenter of Exeter Cathedral, took that chapter and they came back with saying, well, how do you feel about Compline? Because it's a, it's a short service. You know, it goes on for about 15 minutes. It's very easy to follow at home. Um, there's a set um, order given by the, uh, the RSCM, um, the Royal School of Church Music, Hmm. and uh and it's really i love it i th I think compline is a seriously underrated service um obviously if we were singing it as a choir there would be moments where the choir would sing a setting of the nunc dimittis and sing an anthem obviously hmm. we can't do that with one person so it's it's mostly made up of gregorian chant as the normal service is um and then there'll be a plain song hymn for instance um but it's very i think it's really soothing um, and it's a lovely lovely way to end your day um the university of extra chapel choir um did compline once a week on a, a i used to love thursday doing it. i believe it was my favorite it, yeah, service. It's, it's just a fantastic way to end it's all the focus is all about kind of winding down and closing um closing off the day and it's usually entirely candle lit um i did in fact light a single candle um uh, for my for my service <laughs> that's, and, that's a nice touch i like that i know i know well an, an even nicer touch and i think you'll agree is that i recorded it with me standing in front of um, my window looking looking out into the garden um, and as the service goes along it gets darker outside if you watch oh, the night sky you, and i was like oh that's a ooh, you that's artistic a that's the oh i did however say before we started well, before we hit record that um there were some there were some interesting technical difficulties that i had to deal with yes um, yeah. in that i thought i'd be clever and i would video the service from my phone because my phone has a better camera than my laptop camera mm -hmm. um but i would use my laptop and the lovely microphone i use to record this podcast to record my audio so it's all nice and clear and i just whack the two together piece of cake not so not so much a piece of cake because um for some silly reason um the way that the codecs work uh in iphones is not that the the kind of the, the the standard is not just the standard basically there is a slight bit of speeding up that happens 
Oh, so it oh means well, that... because it's recording at like 44.1 kilohertz as opposed to like 48 or something Absolutely. Like that. So I was, I was fine at the beginning, but then as soon as I got to about halfway through and then by the end, it got as far out as maybe, maybe a, maybe a second really um, okay yeah so that was really so what i had to then do was go through this go through um i, I put the video clip into i was just editing it on imovie because i didn't think i'd have to be doing that much stuff and then suddenly realized i had to do this so i put the video up into imovie and then put the audio track from my microphone in i um separated the audio from the video track so i just had those two together um i then had to split both the audio and video up into different sections and and redial back the audio. So it was kind of resetting at a constant speed. And I had to do that, I think, six times. But it's really fiddly because you then have to you have to sync up clips again. Yeah. All yeah. over again. Um, and then make sure that the cut that you're trying to do isn't you suddenly like leaping across the screen. You want to try and freeze <laughs> in one position and then link up in another position. And it was a bit awkward. So there's a couple of moments in the video you'll see where there's a, you can see that I've made a cut, but it's simply because if I hadn't, the audio would, I'd suddenly be mouthing off and nothing would be happening. And then you'd hear me singing. You'd be like, um, Jesus fucking God. Yeah. Oh, it's an absolute shit. And then it just cuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I had to do this as well because I don't know if you saw um, Exeter Cathedral did a video of the Choral Scholars reading The Passion. Yes, I did. And you were a very dramatic uh, Jesus. Were you Thank not? you. Thank you. Um, not only, I mean, it was, it was, I think I gave a suitably dramatic performance, um, but I tell you what, it was a dramatic process editing the whole thing because trying to sync up six different people shouting crucify him at different speeds was yeah, a real, I, that... <laughs> real pain. I did but I think it came out okay. Yeah, it did. I think it came out. I think it came out very well. It was certainly, a, a, I'd not seen anyone do anything like that before. It was almost like a radio play version of the Passion. Yeah, it was really fun to edit. I must admit, and I, I had a, I had an ingenious way of doing it, so that we had, we were given a script from clergy, and I went through and numbered in a, in ascending order every line of every different line of dialogue, and then asked mm. people to when they record their parts record it with their name and then the number of what they're saying. So then when I was editing it together, I could do it as kind of one, two, three, four, five, six, 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 seven, eight, you know, and and it was quite easy to see if something was immediately missing or I'd cocked up putting things in the wrong order, you know, Um, that saved time. Dan, Um, I think we're drifting dangerously close to actual content territory. People people don't come to this podcast for actual content. They come here for nonsense. They do. Right. Speaking of nonsense, what's your no? That's that's a very un- what's your core piece of the week? F- double down. And this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. So my, it's not well. It's not explicitly choral. There is choral singing in it, but there are instruments too. I think this is okay. Oh, isn't okay. It? Controversial. Um, over the past. Uh, two weeks or so, I have become, I think it's safe to say, utterly obsessed with Marla. Okay. Um, I hadn't really exposed myself to any of his work before. Um, I have now, and it's safe to say that um, he's blown my socks off. He really has. (laughs) It's absolutely thrilling, crazy mental music. It's like late romantic period, and it's like the pinnacle of the symphony is what I, I think that's all I know about Marla. I couldn't tell you anything other than that. Yes. I've listened to now symphonies one, five, seven, eight, and nine. And my piece of the week is going to be um, Marla eight, um, also known as the Symphony of a Thousand Voices. Oh, boy. And it's absolutely incredible. Um, part one is based on the Veni Creator Spiritus text. Um, and it just it's, it is just an absolute romp. It's incredible. The last five minutes make me shiver and twitch with glee. It's just the most thrilling music. And I'm def- I'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye out now whenever I see the name Marla on a, on a concert that I can get to, I'm going because it just is. I mean, I, I have to admit, I'm in a similar position to 
what you were originally i have not really listened to very much at all i i mean i think i've listened to the whatever symphony it is that has the mallet in it uh is that five? Oh yeah uh, i think i think so but I, I, I listened to that one uh which is obviously loud as balls and very fun Oh, it's sixth. 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 Um but yeah, yeah. I, I I will have to endeavour to uh to expand my horizons somewhat. Um because it's a pretty glowing recommendation from you. Oh, it's incredible. It's it's as thrilling to listen to as something like The Path of Miracles. Oh wow, okay. Right. Yeah. So that's as high a praise I can give it, I think. I'll, I will have to check this out then. Okay, well, that's Marla just as a whole really but no what was it Marla Mar- 8 yeah. you... Marla as a whole but Marla 8 Symphony of a Thousand Voices specifically okie dokie we'll have to and I think actually I think I'm right in saying that nearly getting his own status as a VIP of the podcast can't believe I'm saying it but Matthew Cam um, the right honourable Dr Professor Matthew, Matthew Cam, Cam I think has sung it I think he sang it as a boy um, or as a girl I can't remember but um, <laughs> he, yeah I, he was we were talking about it on that on a previous uh, choir Zoom um, so we might get some feedback from him as to his thoughts of uh, Marla 8. Well, well then, Dr. Professor. Well then. The, the gauntlet Indeed. has been thrown. Right, so Dan, we find ourselves in Critics Corner for a brief sojourn. Um, what what did you just tell me whilst we were between sections? I just, I just mentioned uh, subtly in passing that I might have this evening about an hour ago watched the first half an hour of the tiger king and i am completely intrigued it's certainly something isn't it and the thing is episode yeah. one isn't even that what that wild really no um no it's it's when it, episode two is kind of where it really kicks off but i i mean yeah it's it's trash tier television in the sense that it's very clearly partisan and it's like creating a story that's almost certainly not representative mm. but it's so fun <laughs> it's so so good no I, I i really need to find a new thing to watch really because pixelgar and i have been watching a lot of the new stand-up to cancer bake-off which has been great mm. um and also have you do you know a youtuber called jay foreman i can't remember if we talked about him before uh, it doesn't ring a bell. So um, this is the guy that does a bunch of videos that are uh, largely around London. Um, so making videos like why does London not have trams? Uh, where does London stop? Um, the unfinished motorways in London, this kind of thing. Um, mm. And it's just such a unique style. It's it, you know it, it's a blending of live action with the traditional kind of two two camera but also comedy sketches and bizarre non sequitur style style humor. Um it's just really funny. Uh and I feel like mm. everybody who hasn't already checked him out even if you don't live in London or have ever visited it's still interesting stuff. Um because a lot of it is about tan planning in general. Um mm. but Yes, that's 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 been my um my w- watching recently, along with a certain YouTube video which has been on repeat. I'm just going to send it to you in the Discord call now, um, which is I I can't get enough of. I can't tell. I can't remember if we talked about it before or not, or if you've seen this before. Hero Quest is the best game ever made, and anyone who says otherwise is wrong. The best thing about Hero Quest is the miniatures, made in the glory days before Games Workshop had been destroyed from within. There is not an inch of pretentious overcomplexity about them. Any man can tell what they are from 500 yards away, and I know this because I've tested it with a team of Russian ex-Soviet scientists. Oh uh, yeah, 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 I've seen this. Yeah. So the, this this guy's Bardic Broadcast, who apparently is also on Twitch, um, but uh, makes a video like once a year, basically. And this man, if you imagine what I look like on the inside, what the Warhammer nerd, the Warhammer painting, reading, video game playing, internet denizen, this is what I am on the inside is what this guy looks like on the outside, complete with the absurd level of enthusiasm for fantasy role playing. <laughs> It's just fantastic. The best thing about Hero Quest is the adventure cards. What you're looking at is exactly is it, is it, the right number of a... cards to have a thrilling adventure. No more, no less. <laughs> is it on a similar level to enthusiasm as when we received our first um, fantasy fan fiction? Oh, yeah. you remember how excited we both were? And I just started giggling like a maniac. You were like, I love this. I, I just need to stop you this because is, I love yeah. this. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing I should have mentioned. I've been playing so much 
uh, World of Warcraft. It's ridiculous. I knew it. I I'm knew you would fall now. down this rabbit it hole. Was, it's been fantastic. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Keep um, so yeah, that's. That I just. I need to. It's like the the other thing which I've been watching a lot of recently is the uh, the Dine Dasher, uh, a succulent Chinese meal video. What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Oh, that's a nice headlock, sir. A meal? Succulent, a succulent Chinese, Chinese meal. meal? Get your hands off my penis. I see you know your judo well. Ta-ta for now. <laughs> Again, these are, those are... This is democracy manifest. It's the way he rolls his R as well. They're like, this is yeah. democracy manifest. This is democracy manifest but this is a public service announcement if you haven't seen either of these two videos there are links in the description sort your life out and watch them okay yeah they are fantastic. i think if you just search democracy Manif manifest and hero quest unboxed you'll you'll find them mm. oh and actually though that does remind me um the there has been one other thing that i've been getting into recently which is uh, i can't remember actually are you a fan of the show scrubs um i've seen episodes of it and it's never really made much of an impression with me, to be honest. That's fair. It's not for everyone. It's definitely a very specific style. But um, mm. basically, um, Zach Braff... I never nearly said Zach, Zach Brannigan. That's the guy from Futurama. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Donald Faison, um, who play JD and, and Turk, the two leads, they now have a podcast um, together called Fake Doctors, Real Friends, where... Um, they go through uh, episode by episode, a bit similar to The Greatest Generation, but reflecting on um, what it was like making the episode, sort of anecdotes uh, about particular cast members. Um, and the, uh, I've been listening to, I listened to uh, the pilot one, uh, which was about the pilot um, when I was on a run. And it's just so interesting. It's so interesting to kind of get the inside scoop mm. on how network TV works. Um, yeah. And then talking about their audition experiences and... Um, the fact, the fact, just to say one story, that Zach Braff, when he found out that he got the role of JD, he was working uh, as a waiter in a restaurant in Beverly Hills, um, and he'd had like a uh, an indie movie come out before, and so he actually had this case where he worked at, he, you know, he got this role in a movie, he got his start, but it wasn't enough to sort of start a career. He had to still keep working at this restaurant. And so people would go and see the movie with him in and then come to the restaurant and be served by him. And these people would be like, Wait, we just, we just saw you on the, on the screen like this weird yeah. you know kind of dissonance but then when he found out he got the role for scrubs um he was like he told his manager and she was like oh that's fantastic i'm so happy for you so he was like yeah okay see ya uh but mm. then it's he had to work one more shift uh he couldn't like just just drop the shift that he had that night so he just got plastered and waited tables um and it was just like when people were like um excuse me can i get uh, entrees please and he was like you're gonna have to wait your turn everybody just calm down <laughs> like like if you know that there's like no way you're gonna go back to, back to the job then like just go out with a bang i guess <laughs> yeah absolutely like, but yeah so people like scrubs it's a really fun podcast they've got they're such obviously such good friends in real life um as well and it's a bit like the Wikicast, but instead of about wikipedia it's about scrubs so not at all like the Wikicast, but there's two people in it brilliant brilliant you know what we forgot to do last time by the way i don't know if you listened to the episode Oh, we're in the arguably the most important section of the podcast. Um, that's Patreon Corner. Important because, of course, we would never forget it. No, um, you would never oh, forget to wait. be part of Patreon Corner. I, it's all right. Hang on. I think it's all right. We can save our bacon because last episode was a special episode. We had a guest. We had lovely Hannah mm -hmm. um, joined us, and it was we were getting uh, very flustered. A right laugh. You know, it was. It was we got. We, um, we stopped to clap for the NHS in the middle of it. We, you know, we we can only remember one thing. We've got a a, a, a memory of one bit. So yes, you know. We, but this week we. We shall not forget so this is the time in the podcast where we say a massive thank you to those who support us on patreon um that's patreon.com forward slash the wikicast it helps us in so many ways not only does it play for our hosting and any other mental ideas we want to do like merch or meeting or whatever um but it also pays for our marvelous editor um it, it's it's essential without the patreon without our amazing readers this podcast wouldn't happen so I would like to say a massive thank you to those sensible readers among uh, among us who are wrong top 
dogs. And they read <laughs> Alistair Fortune, Ben McMurtry, Colin J. Brown, Eric Davis, Eric Bolliger, Eve Sharples, Jay Wright, Codso, Kyle Peary, Maggie, Peter Reed, and Samantha. Whereas I as I, uh, you know, all I ever should really be doing is saying thank you to the wonderful top cat patrons who support us by believing in the true superiority of cats as the household pet of choice and donate $5 a month. And those lovely people are Choco Cat, Christopher Betterton, Colm Mansfield, the one and only Dan Hanvey, Isabel Ostrowski, John Mallion, John Mannion. How many times have I said his name? He's literally been a supporter since the very beginning, and I've just flubbed his name. Sorry, John. Uh, Kenneth Kuzmirek, Leila Medina, Lewis Watson, oh. Marcin... Marcin Kozanas. Kozanax. It's Res Hez, everyone. Um, Nafi Iftikar, Oliver Burkhart, Oliver Craigie, Omar Miranda, Princess Andromeda, Rents Kirk, River Ward, Tom Withington, Trustworthy Ginger, and William Humphreys. Thank you one and all for your support of the show. It keeps us on the air. I mean, we're not on the air. Absolutely. We're on the, the fibre. We're on the Wi-Fi. It keeps us on the Wi-Fi. It makes it, we're on the interwebs. It makes it sound like we have an addiction. He, he, look at him. He's been on yeah. the Wi-Fi again. He look out, I'm, like, I'm good for it, mate. I'm, I'm good for it, I swear. <gasps> Oh, that's a good bit rate. Marvellous. Alright, God, what is this f***ing podcast? Top lad! Right, well, we find ourselves in Correspondence Corner, and I've just opened up a very upsetting email uh, titled Corin's Pondence Corner, Gri- Guest Suggestion and Food. Some... Uh, Min Ha has... Uh, it's they've written dear simon and dan but it's backwards it's in comic sans in pink and highlighted in yellow this may be the most it's like a it's like a horrible custard based accident yes it's like a mr blobby email it's the maybe the most offensive to the eyes email i've ever laid like unfortunate pupils on Uh, right okay um now, I'm in a bit of a busy period right now, so I'll try to keep this email short, and apparently as unlike how someone would talk in real life as possible with bullet points and everything. Number one, what are your opinions on making a Wikicast episode with Jay Foreman? I personally think he will fit right into the quality non-content style of the podcast. He might also have a lot of useless facts to throw around. Now, what did I just say? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is a bizarre coincidence. Um, wow. Holy cow. I mean, well, that's an, well. It, it, I mean, that must be a sign. Sure. Surely, that's a sign. I mean, he's way too famous for us, but we can certainly see what we can do. Um, yeah, so, yes, well, I, I would. He'd be a really fun guest to have. He's a very funny dude. Um, so, yes, definitely. Um, and to number two, I've just rewatched a lot of Simon's PhD vlogs, and how do I say this? It's not foo. I'm a Vietnamese, and upon hearing Simon's pronunciation, the only thing I could think of was, "Boy, do I have something for accent corner." Oh, and Dan, here's a recipe for you. I wrote it down a while ago. Are you talking, wait, are you, wait, did you, are you talking about the soup? Yes. See, I thought it was... Is it, isn't it pho? I thought it was pho. It's pho. Um, but I what think when it? I said it in the vlog, I, I, maybe I said foo. Yeah, because I think on the menu at the place in Cambridge that we went to, it literally, it spelled it out as F-U-H. So... F, I thought it was F-U, Simon Clark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, it's just, it just isn't spelled at all like what I thought. Um, yes, and they've also included a recipe for you um, for said Vietnamese soup. Because I think you must have brought this up Ooh. as well. Cool. Opie's oh, I'll try f- this. This looks great. Opie's pho is really old school foo. Hanoi is the birthplace of pho. It's what you people in the US know as Northern Vietnam style PHO. That's really interesting. Hey, isn't that weird that we spoke about Hanoi earlier? Mindat Ha, get out of our heads, all right? Oh, oh, hang on. They've actually included a YouTube link to how to pronounce it. There's a video here. Hang on. How to pronounce it? Fu, 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 fu. Fu, fu. It literally is. It, but it's not fur. it's not fur it's fur it's like there's a it's like a darker vowel yeah okay so we've corrected ourselves we did it patrick fantastic okay fantastic um stay safe boys keep up the good work with the podcast my sanity shall not come back oh we've lost ours a long time ago i wouldn't even know what it felt like p.s i think comic sans is a great front it's just so readable is it possible to ban someone from your inbox we have an email here uh, from simone 
and they say, Dear Simon and Dan, long time reader, first time writer here. I've been following Simon's videos and podcasts for a little over two years now, having come across them when I was getting ready to begin a PhD in music in the US ah. as a musician, flutist, um, flautist, piano, uh, pianist, choral singer in that order, and music scholar. I always like to hear about what you're up to. It's been interesting to hear about your experiences in isolation. My mum, who is a recently retired doctor, grew up in uh, Saigon during the height of the Vietnam War. Golly, I bet she's got some stories to tell. Um, mm. That involved civilian bombings, 24-hour curfews. Well, there you go. Did you hear in the stories? Lots of food. Yeah. <laughs> I bet she's got some stories to tell. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, here they are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, settle in. Let me um, set this one up just to immediately <laughs> knock it down. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you built a house of cards and then you just took, you put uh, within a nanosecond of the top two going on, you were like, yeah. <laughs> um, How perfect. She remembers her family buying hundreds of kilos of story central this she remembered her family buying hundreds of kilos of rice at a time when i talked to her a few weeks ago just as a pandemic panic really began to go through the roof in the u.s she said that in many ways this feels scarier than her childhood in vietnam mainly the way an illness is more invisible uh, killer than a mil- than military grade weapons and the way that it's happening literally everywhere it was a bit of a sharp dose of reality to hear that comparison from someone who was a doctor and who grew up in a war zone yeah. on a more cheerful note <laughs> I wanted to thank you for keeping me entertained and a little less lonely during this very lonely time. I live alone and I'm single, and as much as I normally enjoy that, and as much as my day-to-day hasn't dramatically changed beyond simply not going to campus every day, I'm certainly missing uh, the option to go out and spend time with other people in 3D. So thanks for all the high-quality non-content. It's wonderful to hear people talk to the people they love about the things they love. Best wishes, Simone, age 23 and 3 thirteenths. Oh, so there's a PS. Um... And a P.S. I follow your choral piece of the week feature religiously. That's the idea. Uh, religiously. Yeah, very good. And it's either turned turned me on to or reminded me a lot of great pieces. I was wondering if any if any thoughts on Charles Ives. I feel a bit guilty for liking his music. He has a reputation for being a bit of a homophobe and misogynist, but I like his intr- instrumental music and his art songs. I've recently been digging into his choral music, particularly the Psalms. Psalm 90 and 24 are the two I've been listening to on repeat. So there we go. So, so hang on. Is the stuff that we would sing... Is the Ives Miss a Brevis Charles Ives? Or I thought it was Grayston Ives. That's, that's Grayston Ives. Right, yeah, I think okay. it's a different different composer. No, I don't think I know Charles Ives then. Well, perhaps I'm just mixing the turp in my head. But it's like, it's the mm. classic thing. It's like disentangling the composer from the music. And, you know, the, the Wagner issue. Like, the fact that Wagner definitely inspired a large section of the anti-Semitic movement. But the music itself is not anti-Semitic. Um mm. It's a tough one, though, isn't it? it, it it's, it's not easy to, to disentangle the two. We now have an email from Gandar. Uh, <laughs> Dear Master Clark and Moore, writing once again, Simon, you pronounce my name better than most of my countrymen do. Oh, I was uh, I saw like the first half of that sentence and I was just like immediately like, oh, this isn't this isn't going to go well. <laughs> um, I know that I am four episodes late, uh, but I just wanted to say I absolutely love to hear Pixel Girl on the podcast. I definitely think she should be a regular. I'm a big fan of Hannah too, so it's great to see her finally on the podcast. Keep up the good work. Stay safe. Regards, Gandar. Well, I mean, Pixel Girl seems to have gotten a slight taste for making content because we have done a couple of streams together now. We did. I don't know if you saw any of it, Dan, but we did a, a stream where we made some subscribers on my Twitch uh, in The Sims. <laughs> and uh, it was quite an experience. And um, I think we're going to do another one next week, actually. It was, uh, it was really quite fun. Uh, so I've yeah. been loving Twitch streaming recently. The variety on this channel we had we had fully I think a third of the user base of Guns of Icarus playing on my stream on Tuesday, and then <laughs> today we were doing. Oh God, something's happened. Oh, something's what's happened? happened? Go on. Nothing, nothing. I just did. You know, you know, when we used to live together, and one of us would say something in a particular way or do a particular thing, and it's suddenly it's for some reason really funny. Yeah. Um, the way that you described, the way that you described, if you listen back to how you said it, you'll agree. The way that you said, "Oh yeah, we've been um, we've been making ourselves in the Sims," and you did a little kind of like, "Huh," afterwards, <laughs> like, you, like you'll never you'll never guess the crazy heights we're getting to in our house. And the, the, the manner of delivery, just for some reason, really like a fucking sniper shot to the head, <laughs> really got me. I love. We've been, yeah, we've been uh, we've been making ourselves in the Sims. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was great. It was really good. Dan, we did a, a stream where we made some subscribers on my Twitch uh, in The Sims. <laughs> I love and then I missed everything else you said because I was trying I, not to I, I love that with you, Dan, it's like your armor when it comes to humor so little really gets to you but sometimes yeah. you just find a tiny chink in the armor and it will be not yeah. at all what you expect but something will no. like it's like a proton torpedo going into your exhaust port <laughs> like yeah. a million Amazing. to one shot okay what was it, it. it's like, great thank you so what, what was i saying so yeah basically we've been i've actually been really enjoying streaming and like the variety has been nuts like we do we're doing hunger games tomorrow which hopefully you'll be commentating on we do guns of icarus now on tuesday evenings where we had a third of the global player base were in the game with us um because there was like 100 people and there were like 50 actually i think when we started we brought over so many people into the game um and uh and then also doing math stuff and doing stuff with the yogs cast like i've been really enjoying it and i'm really glad that pixel girl can be a part of it um so because i'm looking forward to doing another sim stream because it was really funny last time although her uh, giving her control of the mouse was utterly maddening it was you know how like it completely illogical she can be sometimes and she'll just do stuff to deliberately annoy me i'm pretty sure that she was just just being deliberately difficult whilst we were streaming together (laughs) For, oh boy much as it's bad for my bad for my blood pressure but it is good fun so dan what have we learned today well we had a fascinating start learning about the romance the romance of western chamber um the one of the most famous chinese dramatic works yeah we, we were unconscionably highbrow dan yeah i, th- I think it was amazing. really taking it too far uh this week yeah i, d- I feel i feel dirty <laughs> Something's gone, something's gone. Something's gone wrong. Get out, mum! I'm just masturbating. Don't look at me. I'm hideous. <laughs> like it's more embarrassing to be found talking about. Yes, well, the ch- Chinese literature is actually fascinating. Get out, mum! <laughs> Why can't you just look at pictures of tits like your brother? Okay. Um, oh well, yes, tits like your brother. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So- Oh God, it's happening! It's gone. No, we're so nearly to the end. We're so we're nearly, nearly to the there. end. Um, um, we spoke about I'd watch the first half an hour of the Tiger King, and I'm absolutely going to watch some more. Probably this evening. Probably far too much because I am, as I say, intrigued. Do it. Uh, we we spoke about you've been streaming and painting on your yeah, streams, doing which a lot of stuff cool. recently. And we had um, a we had a mind probe into the into the podcast from Mindart Ha, who seems to have it's weird how like that's a bunch of time loops that have now come back together in this podcast episode truly strange things going on um but um overall i I think this was a rather good one you know once we got past the bit where we actually tried to make useful content and you know i think we actually overcame that issue quite well so i agree top job well done us no don't clap for the nhs i'm just gonna clap for me god i'm great oh Nailed it. That's all for this week's app. That's all for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook. Maybe we should, if we're changing the script, Dan. When would you? When did we last put anything on Facebook? No. Yeah. Perhaps oh, yeah. you can join the Discord. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. That's good. All right. So I'm changing like us on Facebook to join the Discord. Fuck it. Suck it, Mark Zuckerberg. Right. That's all. Fuck it and suck it. Fuck it and suck it, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> lovely. Uh, so the, the Dr. Seuss of our times, truly. That's all for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us in our podcasting service of choice. You can join the Discord, and if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Isolation updates, your favourite pieces of ancient Chinese literature, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole, and, and we'll, we'll see, see you next, next time. time. Get your hands off my penis!